East High. Hello, East High. Hey. Hey, what? I call them East High. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I call them folks or podcast listeners. (laughs) The much more crisp version. (laughs) (laughs) It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm the other host, Tyler. And today we're we're gonna talk about minute seventy four eventually, <laughs> um, with minute seventy four starting out with Sharpay singing that echoes inside my head, and ends with Troy and Sharpay standing over a vent. If you had to do a podcast about the Disney movie Encanto, mm. and it had to, the title had to be a pun on "We Don't Talk About Bruno." What would it be? Would it be we do talk about Bruno or like we do talk about Encanto? <laughs> or um, what, what, what would you do with that? Could you do a no? I'm trying to think like a Encanto, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> minute? Like, uh, yeah. Oh. Encanto minute. Yeah. You could just say like Encanto minuto. Mm. Um. <laughs> Add, add a little Spanish flair. <laughs> yeah. Inappropriately. <laughs> yeah, when are when are our friends at Disney Animation Minute going to hop on Encanto? <laughs> I mean, they're doing 101 Dalmatians right now, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Last I heard, though, we're up to like 250, so maybe someone is doing Encanto. Yeah, there are a lot of Movies by Minute podcasts. <laughs> it would be bold to go with something so new. Yeah, especially where, like, things haven't really come out yet about it. Well, there have been, but no one... <laughs> Lots of things have come out about Encanto. <laughs> I know. Um, so there are currently 219 MXM podcasts, and no one is doing Encanto. Oh, wow. Unless it's buried in some, because some of them, like... Are, like, ours are, are collectives, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's instead stop of Encanto, talking about other stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> Troy gets his own little verse, and oh boy, does he! I, and this is where, like last last minute, I was like, mm, "Does Troy know this song? Has he like gotten any of the things?" But he's like dancing, and man, does he hit a high note! Yeah. So at the beginning of the minute, Troy kind of grabs his mic stand and starts walking towards Sharpay. It's clear his heart's not really in it yet, but it's a fake it till you make it attitude. He's like, well, I should probably start doing something and trying to have a good time. Otherwise, I'm just going to stand here awkwardly yeah. for four minutes. And like engage with Sharpay a little so she seems like she'll be appeased by doing this. <laughs> yeah, because if he doesn't even try, then she's just going to make him do it again. Yeah. And Sharpay ends the little chorus sing it to me and boy does Troy <laughs> sing it to her yeah so she says a single voice and then she goes to him and then he goes above the noise <laughs> it just gets very corny very quickly I like how when I said it it was like half of a Bob Dylan impression yeah. like <laughs> above the noise <laughs> when I hear my favorite song and, I, and that impression is half of a B-52's impression just now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really all over the place. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I can do a Bob Dylan, but I just, I'm like, I'm not in it right now. Um, like a common thread, and then Sharpay requests Troy to sing it to her. 
and he falsetto screams when yeah, I it's hear a surprise my favorite falsetto. song. Yeah, it when I hear my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he really goes all out. Yeah, and this is where I don't think it's in his key at all. <laughs> I don't think he's singing off-key. No, but it's definitely not in his range. <laughs> I don't think it's bad, though. No, it it's matches fine. the ridiculousness of the rest <laughs> of the song. This is true. This is true. He's like, well, I'm just going to go for it. Sometimes you just go for the note, and sometimes you hit it, and sometimes you don't. And I am just going back to what we were saying about audience reaction last minute. And I'm like, God, what is Taylor's reaction right now? <laughs> she like. Well, it's it's funny because Sharpay said, sing it, sing it to me or something. Yeah. And then he like immediately goes into it. And he's like, whoa, I didn't even know I could do that. It's <laughs> like basically like himself. when he was um, the start of something new. He's like, whoa, I can do this. <laughs> and so he kind of starts like. After he sings that, like, sort of, like, half of a line or line and half of a verse. Yeah. He starts doing the sharp pets choreography. They're, like, walking in a circle around the stage. And he and joins he, like, them because he doesn't yeah, know he, what like, else to do. Yeah, he, like, joins them. And Sharpay, yeah. like, looks at him and he, like, stops and comes back forward. Which I thought was funny. But, again, I want to see this. I want to see this Sharpay. So, sorry, Sharpettes. I want to see the Sharpettes choreography because they look like they're having fun. Everyone starts doing, like. Like monkey arms. Yeah, I was trying up to and think. Down. I was trying to think of the like what this reminded me of, and I'm not sure if it's like Tina Turner doing her hair waggle thing, or it's like Shake Your Tail Feathers from the Blues Brothers, or maybe yeah. A that's why I said like yeah, it's like in the Blues Brothers Shake Your Tail Feather number. You know, it's like do the monkey and then you do the arms up and down. Mm, yeah, and Sharpay which is tosses, it's a pretty classic dance move. Yeah. Sharpay tosses her microphone to Troy so she can use <laughs> well, that's, both. That's, ver- during the, that's during the piano solo. Kelsey gets a hardcore piano solo in the middle of this number. That is true. <laughs> she threw her, herself that, that in like, there for I herself as a treat. If I have to be in this, I'm getting a <laughs> piano solo. I can have a little piano solo as a treat. And they just give Sharpay time to, to flounce about the stage. <laughs> flounce. It's what she's doing. <laughs> Yo, no, yeah, that was the wordle word yesterday, flounce. Really? <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't, More than five letters for one. <laughs> I don't I don't play wordle. I know nothing about wordle. It's okay. It's just an unusual word. It's not not a word, is it? No, it's a word. Okay. I believe you. So yeah, Kelsey has a piano solo during which Sharpay throws her mic up into the air. Troy catches it so she can do... Dancing that really didn't require her not to have a microphone in her hand. Yeah. Other than when she shakes her hair down and maybe she's like, oh, I will drop this and then it'll make a bad noise. What? This is another example of the me or the movie or audiences at the time not really being given clear understanding of what Sharpay's role in the movie and role as like, relationship to the audience is are we supposed to like Sharpay's performance are we supposed to like see it as cringy are we supposed to kind of admire her but like kind of like laugh it off as like oh Sharpay you don't understand that like what is it I 
I don't know. I know I didn't like Sharpay at the time. She grew on me as, like, this prospect of, like, utilizing femininity to exert power and assertiveness. <laughs> um, yeah. In a way that doesn't 100% of the time feel like feminism and sometimes feels like sexism, but yes. Yes. But that being said, because it was Ashley Tisdale... And, like, they gave her fun moments, like Bop to the Top and Fabulous. I'm sure little watchers of the time did like her despite her being mean. Like, she's not Angelica from the Rugrats, where she's just, like, nasty all (laughs) the time. She's a bad influence. You're not allowed to watch High School Musical because Sharpay's going to give you bad thoughts. (laughs) But, like... She's still not nice, but she has, she's like fancy and rich and <laughs> excessive. Sharpay's version of Fancy by Iggy Azalea. That would be good. Um, I'm just, I feel like you're inherently drawn to her as a viewer because it's Ashley Tisdale and she is, she's not like inherently evil. Like she's not Maleficent or. <laughs> yeah, they never tried to make Maleficent redeemable. Oh, <laughs> those movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's two of them, by the way. I, There's two Maleficent live I actions. know, I saw both of I them kn- in theaters. I know that you know, the audience might not remember that they made a second one. <laughs> Mistress of Darkness. I was thinking about characters like Sharpay, and for some reason I've been watching some Pokemon recently. And Team Rocket and Pokemon is such mm. such an interesting group of characters because Team Rocket, like, in the original series, they're, like, they're in every episode. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're really shoehorned in there. And it's, like, this. we would all be better off if we didn't have to, like, have Team Rocket trying to steal Pikachu in the middle of this episode that actually has an interesting character dynamic going on with Ash and his friends and the new Pokemon they're hanging out with this week. But in all of that, over time, you get a certain number of Team Rocket moments that are either fun because James is in drag or they're doing a funny voice in a funny disguise mm-hmm. or you learn like some fun facts about their backstory or they do something embarrassing or sometimes they do something genuinely good. Like when they return Pikachu? <laughs> or... Yeah, or they rescue Pokemon who are being stolen by other people, which is like they're only rescuing them because they want to steal them themselves. But sometimes they do the right thing. And like you can tell that like they're bad guys, but also it's just like, well, they just like happen to work for a bad guy, but they're like actually just kind of like cool people who are doing their job relatively poorly and still getting paid miraculously. See, I was, They're likable characters. They, yeah. And, not- <laughs> and Sharpay is not entirely unlikable. I think of her somewhere is a similar character to Cher from Clueless. That's what they want her to be. Yeah, but she but Sharpay she's doesn't less endearing than Cher. Sharpay doesn't even think she's a good person, I don't think. No, I think she does I I think she equates goodness and popular. Yeah. popularity i think I she's know. like galinda in wicked <laughs> which is a distinct like when galinda becomes glinda 
Like, there's a very distinct break there. Cher's an interesting character because she does good things. She, over the course of the movie, learns how to do good things for the right reasons and in the right way. But Cher, like, genuinely has moments where you're like, wow, that was really thoughtful. Like, you you have this whole facade, but you're actually, like, deep down somewhere, you're actually a, a good person who, like, understands how to be nice. Mm-hmm. And Sharpay doesn't have that. There's never like, and here's your redeeming moment. Even at the end of the last movie, it was like, I guess I'll be your understudy, Gabriella. Break yeah, a leg. Very literally. Like, yeah. It was an unearned redemption, which I think we definitely talked about. Yeah. And it's not even like, if she had that thing going with Zeke, like, that would be interesting. Yeah. I think about Sharpay a lot because I'm like, <laughs> We're not meant to like her, but it's Ashley Tisdale. Well, no, I think about, because I'm thinking about this a lot. And like, (laughs) what, why Sharpay? She's not an antagonist, but she is supposed to be. There is no real antagonist of this movie other than communication breakdown. (laughs) Mr. Fulton. (laughs) Is he? No, he's not. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you know how like in the in the in the Kirby universe, like mm-hmm. Meta Knight is a bad guy, but like only kind of. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. You know, Meta Knight's kind of like Sharpay. Yeah. Got a cool outfit. <laughs> dramatic entrances. <laughs> it all works out. I know so little about the Kirby universe. I, I just remember vague things from when I watched a Kirby movie at a friend's sleepover when I was 11. I watched a playthrough of Kirby and the Forgotten Land recently. It was very cute. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It was like background chills kind of thing, but it was super cute for what I watched. <laughs> but Meta Knight's so, like hardly in it, so. Speaking of meta, um, this podcast is meta because it's about itself. And okay, Troy... Troy Bolton, the main character of this movie, mm-hmm. also the antagonist of this movie. <laughs> yeah, hero and villain. Troy started the 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 anti-hero movement. <laughs> Move over, Tony Soprano. Troy, Troy Bolton. Bolton here. He walks over to Kelsey's piano solo. Yeah, and it's like you can't hear what they're saying, but he is. So so confused and like what is going on yeah it seems like he's saying i thought this was like our song like he like it seems like he's making the point like this isn't like this was supposed to be for me and gabriella not for us to sell out to sharpay see i didn't get that kind of from him i got more of like what is going on here i have no idea like why is it like this I heard we were doing You Are the Music in Me, but this is not it. <laughs> At least in this moment, like, so Troy had, it's it's interesting because we were talking about like the anticipated audience reactions that we're still putting off here. And it's it's giving Troy like more credit back in the other direction. That's like, oh, he's, oh, oh no, is he having fun with the song? No, he's going over to complain to Kelsey. Okay, so he seems to have mixed feelings, like. Yeah, he's putting in the effort so Sharpay doesn't whine, but also he's not happy. Yeah, it's like we as an audience are rooting for Troy to do the right thing, which is to, you know. Storm off the stage. 
shove it to Sharpay, yeah. But and instead, he he's a good boy. Gets a little frustrated here, yeah. Until... Until the Sharpettes start singing the chorus and he gets dragged over an air vent. And they start <laughs> like, seven years itching a little bit. <laughs> I like um, what this thing that the song does where it's like doing the chorus, but no one's... Like the lead singer's not singing, so mm-hmm. you just get the... You just get the background vocals. Yeah. Harmony, melody. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. No, it is. Um, It's clever. And I don't know why Sharpay would choose to do this, though, over sing the chorus again. Because Sharpay's not only about the singing. She's also about the dancing. And the showmanship. This is her greatest show. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. I, for the audience, I, I pointed like I was gonna point at it like a like a a three ring circus right behind me, mm. but uh, you can't see that. It's a non visual medium. Correct. So yeah, they stand they stand on a wind vent and it's blowing air up in their face and it's a uh, and Troy's trying to hold a, down his shirt because it's <laughs> blowing away. Yeah, it's simultaneously like the Universal Marilyn Monroe reference, and you know, wind is sexy. Except when it's, except when it's deadly, um, her twill. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a PSA. <laughs> Cigarettes are sexy, except when they're deadly. <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking about like hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff. No, yeah, there's definitely like that comedy version of like of a parody movie where it's like the characters like standing outside in the rain. And then it like it like monsoons. Yeah, it gets really rainy and really windy, and then you're like, "Why are we having this romantic thing? The weather's too crazy. Let's just go inside." Yeah. I don't know. Has has did that ever happen in not another teen movie like I don't, or, or date movie? I that don't, seems like a good one. That yeah. That seems like a good gag. I'm not sure. Like at first it's just drizzling, and then as the romantic scene continues, the rain keeps coming. I kind of like that. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Or even in like an episode of How I Met Your Mother, like mm. or like that type of sitcom, Crazy Ex Girlfriend or something like that. They yeah. would do that. Yeah, but instead we have this. Yes, uh, just just a vent in the middle. Of, so they got the pyrotechnics. They got with they the got sparks. The air. They did it. They did another thing where it just kind of blew up smoke, but not smart. Yeah, not sparks. Yeah, and, and now we got the vent in the vent, and her twill tail is benefiting from the vent and and being her showy part because her, her <laughs> otherwise her clothes are very form-fitting so it's not like marilyn monroe in that respect but troy is fighting with his shirt how do you spell tweel it's t-u-e-l-l-e i think okay i believe you or it's t-o-i words i've learned while recording this podcast trellis tweel no. <laughs> <laughs> it's T-U-L-L-E. I added an E. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. So, we actually did mine some of some stuff with that Sharpay stuff. Do you have anything else really to yeah, no, comment on? I, I, it continues, um, and it just continues to get weird. But we yeah. got we got a decom of the week segment to talk about too, so it's mosey on yeah. over. So if you're like me. Which you might not be, hopefully, <laughs> for many reasons. But for this specific reason of this segment going well, 
<laughs> wow, what a start. Um, I have no idea what's happening, folks. All of my YouTube ads for the last week have been for the new Stephen King adaptation starring one Zac Efron called Firestarter. Have you seen any of, ad- of these advertisements? No. I saw it no. like as a banner ad on IMDb, but no trailers of so, the sort. I was thinking, because of the Zac Efron connection, what if we did a traditional decom of the week where like, I tell you the title, and then you just guess what the movie's about okay. with very little knowledge. But instead of a decom... You know that it's like instead of knowing that it's going to be like a decom, you know that it's based on a Stephen King book. Okay, so all right, so it's Firestarter. Yes. Okay. Which just to make a point, Stephen King is the second most adapted author of all time after Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is definitely like a genre that we could pivot into if we so chose. I just think it's funny that. There's a Zac Efron movie coming out. We should talk about it. Yeah. Also, working where I work increases my general awareness <laughs> of Stephen King than other places. Well, technically, working where you work is going to increase your knowledge of Joe Hill. But one came <laughs> I know, before I the other. Mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> So, okay, so we've got Firestarter. And, and you know, for kicks and giggles, I'm going to make this maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll try and do it both as what the Stephen King one is about and then maybe how I would decom it. Yeah, we've had Charles Dickens adapted to decom, but we've never had Stephen King. Pet Stephen Cemetery. King did not write Mr. Boogity. No, unfortunately. <laughs> I would love, it would be better if he did, though. I bet Stephen, I mean, he has written comedic stuff. But just like that would be perfect. Okay, I'm sorry. So you, there might be some decom elements to this. Yeah. So Firestarter, this one's starring Zach Efron, and it also stars like a young girl. Okay. I, In the 1984 adaptation, she was a young Drew Barrymore. Oh. So like very young then? Yeah. Okay. All right. So creepy New England town. That's wow, a good bit start. run down. <laughs> and has like a few buildings left and only a handful of people still left living in town. And there's this new person to the town and he's like, I'm running away from something, but I'm going to find my way in this new place. And everyone acts really weird towards him because they're not used to new people. And he's getting creepy vibes from here, there, and everywhere. So he's trying to settle in? Yeah. And he, like, goes to the local diner, and they're like, we don't see new people around these parts. And he's like, I just want a coffee. (laughs) So this would be the Zac Efron character? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And his neighbor is an even creepier house than the one he's moved into. And he knows it's, like, a parent and child and the child seems a little off to him like he saw the child running down the road chasing a small animal as if it were to harm it and then like creepy saw it in it's the the small child in the backyard like breaking 
the heads off the dolls. <laughs> I don't know. Classic Stephen King. Classic style. Stephen King. Um, <laughs> There's a bully with with hair and a knife. <laughs> yeah. And he goes to the diner after seeing all these things, and he's like, "Why is this town so empty?" And he's and the the person, the waitress behind the bar, is like, "You haven't heard of the fire demon?" And he's like, <laughs> "No." And they're like, there was an old witch who was burned at the stake because their history is never accurate in those books. And no witches were actually burned in the United States or what would become the United States. But neither here nor there. And (laughs) her spirit is restless and will possess the bodies of the corrupt. And... He's like, well, at least no one right now kind of thing. And he was like, well, there was recently another fire. And we don't know who it is because there's so few of us left. And then all of a sudden, more and more fires start popping up. And he has to figure out that it's the young girl whose body is being possessed. And they always end tragically. So like... They have to stop the demon and maybe end up losing the little girl in the process. But like for the decom version, <laughs> um, <laughs> for the decom version, maybe it's a little less spooky. Maybe it's like he pairs up with the young person and they're like, it turns more Scooby Dewey esque, where it's like Scooby Dewey. <laughs> I was hoping that didn't come out fully. I was hoping I cut myself in time. Um, Where she's the only one that makes any sense in town. And he's like, oh, well, you, what are you exploring? And she's like, something's not right in this town. And they uncover that there's a ghost um, that's unhappy. (laughs) And they talk to it. And and it's... um, placated enough to to leave the town alone and that's my decom version wonderful um my one question is what is the zach efron's character's tragic backstory yes um Um, he recently was engaged recovering alcoholic no he is he a writer these are the classic Stephen king things yeah so i think (laughs) he was a writer who was betrothed, like he was a city writer and was betrothed and engaged, I guess is the right word for that. <laughs> no, he can be betrothed. Okay. And um, the betrothed sounds like it would be a Stephen King novel. And <laughs> his fiance tragically got struck by lightning because she <gasps> was a journalist or a news person and like got struck by lightning and he started drinking and losing his mind. So he escaped to the countryside. Yeah. That's his okay. backstory. I like it. And I think you, I don't know how much Stephen King you've engaged with, but Not there, a lot. there's definitely, there's definitely a version of classic Stephen King stuff that you are on a version of it where it's less of an adventure and more of just like a guy wandering around a town, fi- trying to figure out what happens. It's kind of like the, you know, there's there's two versions of a Star Trek episode. There's the one where it's very tense and it's leading up to something mm-hmm. that has to happen. 
or the one that something happened at the beginning and you're dealing with the aftermath of it. Mm -hmm. And this is more the latter that you picked. Yeah. Um, No, the one that you picked is more the latter, but the actually the original Firestarter is more of like a Stephen King action adventure type thing. One of the few. Um, Well, it's still, it's still, it's, you got your supernatural stuff, but it's, it's less of a horror, like it's less of a horror and more of like a thriller. Okay. Um, so the main character, Andy, played in the new adaptation by Zac Efron, is a father to the young girl, Charlie. So it's, it, it's, um, oh crap. What was that other one? Zac Efron was his Cloud St. Charlie or Charlie St. Cloud? Charlie St. Cloud. It's not that. Oh man. Um, um so Andy, um, in, a while back had been in some experimental government thing where they were like changing his mind with drugs and he got minor telepathic abilities. He can sort of do mind control, stuff like that. Okay. His wife also was involved in that. So they can have a little, they have a little bit of mind powers, but their daughter has a lot of mind powers, Mm. mainly pyrokinetic mind powers. Ooh. And the government, Thing that they used to work with but now left is after their daughter and they have to escape. The wife gets fridged relatively early. Um, yep. That tracks. Well, it, the, the book starts, it's it's not necessarily fridging in the, in the context of this one because fridging implies that it was purely done for the growth of the other character and I don't know because I haven't read this one. I just wanted to clarify. I used it humorously. But the wife dies. The book starts in media rest. So the, mm-hmm. the book starts with the dad and daughter escaping and the the mother's already died. Ah. But, you know, you, you flash back. And so they escape. They're in New York City. They escape to Albany where they accidentally burn down this farmer's farm who was helping them mm-hmm. because they're getting hunted down and the daughter Every once in a while, the fire powers come out to protect them. Mm-hmm. And then they go to this cabin in Vermont, and that's where they get captured. They're, they kind of get this, like, what, there's, like, the one assassin who, like, really wants to get mm. them. And he, he he tracks them down in Vermont. And so the second phase of the story is them in the government facility in D.C., where the, the dad character is... Um, kind of locked up and losing hope, and but the daughter character, her powers are growing and growing and growing, and so eventually, he's able to like realize, oh yeah, I can use I can use my power again, and he is able to escape, and she is able to escape, and they end up in this barn, but the assassin who wants to kill them shows up, and Andy is able to kill the assassin, but not before the assassin shoots him in the neck. And so Andy's been mortally wounded. The daughter gets shot at too, but she melts the bullet in the air as it's being shot at her. And Andy tells the daughter, you, you need to tell our story. You need to tell everyone what happened. She escapes. He dies on her way out. Like the whole military is there to get her and she just blows it all up. Mm. And then she escapes back to the farm that she burned down. Um, because that's the only people she would know to go to and eventually tries to get the word out. 
Okay. So it's kind of like a government escape. Yeah. Like an E.T. With, with superpowers type thing. Like E.T. in that it has a young Drew Barrymore in it. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional there. Um, well, it's So a slightly different genre of Stephen King, but very yeah. kingy all the same. Yeah, absolutely. This was the eighth book that he wrote that was ever published. Wow. This is very early Stephen King. So he hadn't become Stephen King quite yet. Well, I, don't, I mean, his, and I only know this because I looked it up. Like, first couple books, Carrie, Salem's Lot. Oh, like, Oh yeah, he was Stephen King. He was Stephen King. <laughs> he had, he had already written The Shining, like yeah. So yeah, that was it. Okay. Well, Ho- hopefully that was interesting. No, it was. I had fun trying to to put all of my Stephen King. What's the word I'm looking for? Stereotypes, Isms. tropes. Yeah, tropes. Um, yeah. So in so in this one, it's definitely like oh, he used to do drugs and it gave him powers. Yeah. Lot <laughs> that's a common. Although Stephen King was probably still doing the drugs, but yeah. you know. Anyway, so people can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what Stephen King adaptations are actually good. Yeah, I've not seen like any. So if if there's one worth watching, let me know. The Mist, is The Mist good? I, I have mixed reports. Some of that dome television show. Oh yeah, we used to watch Under the Dome, and it was real bad, but it, it was still compelling. Bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram, and our musician Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I've been Condra, and I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to see if Zac Efron starts any fires. You can bet on it. Mm. Oh no. <laughs>